Blog Talk Radio. the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Larison Dans and today is Saturday, November 18th, 2023. And as usual, I am coming to you live and very spontaneously, um, having once again determined the topic of today's show this morning. Um, and this show airs live Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can learn more about it at FrontierBeyondFear.com. Today, after really a remarkable couple of days, and some of this, well, a lot of this has been coming together for essentially my entire life, but things are happening that is that are prompting me to talk about the flow and what that is. How do we work in alignment with it? How do we recognize it? Sometimes it starts very gently. How do we see it? How do we help to encourage it to come forward? And that word encourage is important because it requires courage to step forward and work with the flow. One of my favorite pieces um, of classical music is the Moldau by Smetana, which happens to be one of my mother's favorite pieces, and she passed that on. Um, the the love of that particular piece on to me. It is the story of a river. And when I took music appreciation in college, because I took a diversity of courses in college, um, that was one of the pieces we studied. It is a tone poem. It tells the story of a very visual and... Um, active story it tells about a stream from its very beginnings in the mountains to its culmination where it ends up at the sea and during its progress it goes through all these different places and there are stories happening around the stream there's a mysterious part at night where it's going through the forest it goes through the rapids which is very tumultuous then it makes this triumphant entry into the city but honestly my favorite part of the piece is probably at the very beginning when it just begins as some trickles in the mountains just begins to flow so my first bit of advice to you and to myself, as is 
often the case with this program is we're talking as we share from our hearts, which is what this show is. There's no script. There's a loose topic that comes together. And yes, I once again this week I opened a book to a place that really wanted to be read, and it's so synchronistically relevant. But we'll get to that in a moment. The flow starts gently. It starts with what you are guided to do in your heart. That can come to you very early in life. It can come to you later. There can be signs of it early. There can be times along your path, both recently and long ago, where it seems like it's never going to come together the way you think, or something surprising happened, and it's like, why did that happen? Why didn't I go into that field, perhaps? You know, I, in my case, I could have been a writer. I was a writer very early. From the very first time I could pick up a pencil, I was a writer, and I'm sure a lot of people um, that knew me in high school were mystified that I went a different direction. At first, I did go towards humanities and started at a humanities college, but then I decided that I, I was drawn to the sciences, that I didn't want to give up on the sciences and that I could still be a writer um, and also pursue that other side of me. It turns out that's what I needed to do and that it needed to flow that way all of my life. So many things, so many decisions. In my case, this show would not exist if I had not chosen to be home with my child when he was very young because he needed me at home. And there were circumstances that really made that clear, even though I was in a position where we had very early on-site daycare at just a, you know, a company that was way ahead of its time, but it wasn't the same and it never could have worked in this situation. And so I ended up home. Well, if I, you know, hadn't been home, it wouldn't have set up the atmosphere for what I'm doing now. Although that did lead to some, um, you know, when you're not actively pursuing your career, that's going to have some material impacts in your life. But it was worth it. Your life is a flow. Even when it seems like you're going through the rapids and you have no idea how this is going to end up, your life has a flow. But the flow is when we really see something happening that is just, it feels miraculous, it feels magical. We play a part in making it happen. That's what happened to me this past week. I had the courage to help, to step up and say, yes, I can do it, and to ask, to propose something that I will explain more about as the weeks unfold because it will become very clear that this is happening. But before any of this happened, it was already coming together through other things that I do, through supporting different things, not just, you know, my own passion, my own work. I have what I like to call my day job, where I help some people. Um, and it's very, you know, even that, the fact that um, the current economy has impacted 
that so-called day job. And so more and more it was seeming like, well, you know, um, even though it still exists, but my own work was going to have to come into play too. And oh my goodness, how beautifully that is happening. The flow occurs when we are in service to something greater than ourselves, and yet including ourselves. We could say we're in service to humanity, to the planet, to the universe, to the omnipresent divine that we are going to bring to the best of our ability, our best self forward, our talents, what it is that we feel we can do. And no, we don't always do this perfectly. Sometimes we're not really up to what we might call our best. In fact, Don Miguel Ruiz, if you are familiar with him, talks about how our best changes over time. On any given day, at any given moment, our best is going to change, depending on what we are encountering. When the flow happens, where there is something that is coming together that is just incredible, we know it. I mean, it's obvious. But we also need to participate in what that is and have the courage to step up, to raise our game higher. I had this happen years ago on the Oprah Forum when I was writing as a discussion forum writer. In those days, you didn't use your name. It's so interesting how nowadays everyone said, you know, or some people are saying everybody has to use their name. Well, that is not how... Um, actually the most honest and authentic writing flows because when I was writing as bridge builder it was so much easier to be authentic we had moderators we couldn't just start attacking one another in that particular forum but it did allow us to really explore some very honest ideas and uh, it would not have existed at all the most interesting thing about not only that forum and also another one that started out I started with some smaller forms. Um, some of these, and this was true on the Oprah form, you weren't allowed to use your name out of safety. Um, you literally were not allowed to use your name. Um, and even so, you know, if something became um, where people were, were behaving inappropriately to one another, the moderator in that case would come in. And I'm not saying that the overall Internet, I'm not going to get into that whole topic because I actually am a believer in freedom of expression, that only by exploring ideas um, can we really um, surface um, the truth um, and help us to work through some things. Um, and I, you know, I'm just not going to get into what the boundaries are what, you know, we're just not going to get into that today because that is not easily determined. In fact, this leads to um, something that I open to, which is very relevant to how I am aligning with the flow and creating something that you will be hearing more about as it approaches. Um, by the way, thank you, Blog Talk Radio Today. Once again, not always is this the case, but lately I do appreciate um, that the show is highlighted number one right now on their homepage under live and upcoming. That is a part of the flow. Supporting this work, supporting this work, 
that's what it is. And it goes beyond any one entity, though I'm appreciative to Blog Talk Radio. For those listening, by the way, I didn't mention it, this show originates on Blog Talk Radio, and it's been here. This is, I'm in my 14th year, but it's also on many syndicates, um, such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and um, even more. I'm going to try to make sure that we're I'm on even more. But here is something I open to you. For weeks, maybe even for over a year, um, and I think this happened before, and if I'm repeating history here, so be it, because sometimes this show is so spontaneous, maybe it happened two, three years ago, I can't remember. But I remember reading something by this author. Edgar Allan Poe keeps wanting to be read, but when I would open the book, there just wasn't something to be read. Well, this time I opened to two different things, and actually I've lost the first thing because the second thing really needed to be read. If I can find the first thing I opened to, which is also relevant, I will, but I think one kind of echoes the other. Edgar Allan Poe um, is known to most of us for, um, you know, writings about the paranormal. In fact, when I was a teenager, I was really into doing dramatic readings um, and in speech club, and I remember reading The Telltale Heart, you know, and I was kind of off the beaten path. You know, I would pick something unusual to read, which that may have seemed like a rather unusual thing to read. Well, that was me. I always had a diversity of interests. I loved science fiction. I wasn't really so much into horror, um, although back then maybe I could have handled it a little bit better than I saw some of it. But for whatever reason, I liked the fantastic. And so I read The Telltale Heart. And I remember I, I did pretty well in speech competition with it. But today... And if I didn't say it, he lived from 1809 to 1849. I'm losing track. Um, he, I opened to this sonnet, which is so very relevant, to science. And I love the footnote from this book that is a very rather old book. I mean, it, the book itself is probably 70 years old. Um, and it says in the footnote... He said, I'll try to not read it all, but it says, At that time, he saw the artist's imagination as being in conflict with the scientific, especially the metaphysical. And I'm like, wow, did he ever see the harmful direction that what is not science but is actually materialism and then called science, where that would go, in that it would totally dismiss anything metaphysical. It wouldn't even study the metaphysical for the most part and become the celebration of materialism that it is today, um, totally cutting out what is actual reality, which is what science should be exploring, is the actual nature of reality, not just some dogmatic um, representation of reality that, that insists it is materialism. Let's read this poem that I opened to you. Science, true daughter of old time, 
capital old, capital time, thou art who alterest all things with thy peering eyes. Oh, don't I just, who alterest all things with thy peering eyes. Isn't that true? Because it force fits everything into a materialistic box without actually exploring the true nature of reality. Continuing the poem. Why prayest thou, prayest as in pray, as in going after, as, as hunting, P-R-E-Y-E-S-T, not pray like prayer. Why prayest thou thus upon the poet's heart? Vulture, whose wings are dull realities, how should he love thee? Or how deem thee wise? Who wouldst not leave him in his wandering to seek for treasure in the jeweled skies, albeit he soared with an undaunted wing? Hast thou not dragged Diana from her car and driven the homodryad from the wood to seek shelter in some happier star? Hast thou not torn the naiad from her flood, the elfin from the green grass, and from me the summer dream beneath the tamarind tree? He wrote this, it says 1829, it says both 1829 and 1845, um, so it seems like it was had starts very early, and maybe it was published in 1845, perhaps, I don't have the exact reference. Yes, Edgar Allan Poe is speaking to us across time about reality and about how we tore what I'll call the mystical away from our focus. We have lost sight of literal reality. Let's talk about healing, for example. Those of us who have experienced and witnessed Possible to explain situations involving healing, which has a long history in my family since my grandfather was a faith healer. I never witnessed something that happened where he was present, but in my family, part of the family came in to his church at the time because my aunt got up and walked from polio. Healing does happen. We can't always explain when or why. Sometimes it's the time for someone to leave the earth. Oddly, unrelated to healing, I had what some might call a close call this morning, where a car just sort of showed up at a time I didn't expect. Um, in fact, a bicyclist was also potentially impacted. And thankfully, 
um, it, it was just kind of a matter of timing. I have no idea if this person saw either one. He probably saw the bicyclist, but he didn't seem to slow down much. I mean, it wasn't in a real fast area. But the funny thing is, is that the flow was so active leading into this, that puts you in a space of trust. And it's sort of like after it happened, I was less shaken up by it than I might normally be because we all get a little jolt when something like that occurs. And, you know, and often we're thankful to be alive and all of that. But it wasn't quite so dramatic this time because I was in such a position of surrender to the omnipresent divine and trust like, well, I'm in your hands, basically, because of what's happening with the flow. And what it is, the door that has opened up, I had a dream this morning, almost half awake, but it was really a dream, where I woke up and I looked at the window, and it was an open door to the dawn. That, that was what I saw. And if that couldn't be more compatible with what happened. And then, of course, I woke up for real, and it was just the way it was. That's the second time. In fact, there have been other times. I've talked fairly recently about a dream I had many years ago after my dog had died about this light that was beyond my window. And it was a dream I had in the night. It wasn't even sunrise yet. And, um, you know, she was called into the light. And it was a very powerful dream that I had and reassuring the flow gives us optimism. The flow is miraculous. The flow reminds us that synchronicity and spirituality are real. The flow invites us to be courageous to work with it, and that's exactly what's happened all along. This particular thing that's coming into being um, at an event, which I will talk about when the time is right, um, yes, it does involve spirituality and science, and it also involves my background working as a computer scientist, which, you know, I question sometimes um, why it went that way and how I stumbled into working in AI when it was early on um, and as an intern, as an undergraduate, and um, I've talked about this in other programs, but um, even AI, you know, only in recent years has it really come um, more into the public um, vernacular. And back then, you know, it's certainly the part I was working on was just, um, you know, it, as an intern was facilitating communication. Um, and so it didn't feel... Uh, scary or harmful. I mean, I think even back then, everyone knew that AI could could potentially some aspects. But the more interesting parts of AI at the time, I actually wasn't working on. And yet it turns out the parts that I was working on right at the beginning, which we called conceptual modeling, I was asked to create a conceptual model, the beginnings of one, um, the very um, but but the beginnings of a conceptual model has to include everything, basically. You have to figure out what umbrella are you going to model, in this case, the world in the English language. How are you going to model the English language? But because I was a writer, I was especially equipped to work on this, and mostly 
um, it started with linguistics, how to structure understanding language and conceptually how to understand language. This then, many years later, you know, now we hear so much about large language models. All of this relates to the flow that I'm experiencing now and related to very much surfacing something. Those of you who listen to this show, I know now there are going to be new listeners. Welcome, welcome across time. I know you're coming back. You've probably been to the event that I'm talking about, which now will have fully come into being. And I welcome you across time, as I often have, to listening to these shows, those of you who are choosing to go back in the archive and listen. You'll find many messages from my heart that will be very compatible with what I know is coming into being next year. Science and spirituality. What Edgar Allan Poe didn't quite express because I think he saw science as, um, you know, and he was right, as as um, you know, hostile to to the poetic, to the, to what I would call the mystical, and as they say, the metaphysical. But the the truth of the matter is, what he was writing about was materialism, not science. What was coming into being was materialism, that paradigm, that world view. That is not science. Science is the study of reality. Science is not the study of we insist that reality will fit into this little box and we're not going to study anything else. Sooner or later, the box will shatter because what's beyond that box is real. So science will catch up. And sure, there have been people who've studied things. You know, you've heard about studies about the power of prayer, for example, um, people have studied that and have found some interesting things occur. I can think of many areas that have not been studied. And, of course, you always have people like um, the Global Co- Coherence Initiative, for example, or the HeartMath people. They're studying things very scientifically, um, but they're not stuck in saying it has to be material. We only study the material world because the spiritual world is not real. That is an assumption, um, a totally um, fallacious assumption once you see the evidence, and it's very limiting. And so Edgar Allan Poe was seeing very early on in the 1800s, 1829, he was seeing the limitations of science because it was not willing to consider. And to be fair, it had been burned. The world had been literally burned. I mean, look at Galileo and what he was threatened with. You know, there was a time when um, enforcing a spiritual or a particular way of looking, I don't know if I would call that spiritual, forcing a fear-based view, which was apart from reality, caused a lot of trouble for those who were actually trying to just honestly observe the world. We are back in that situation in that we, 
those of us in the spiritual community, including many scientists, are attempting and are indeed succeeding in many ways in observing the actual world, reality. Don't we want to know about reality? Not everyone does. And they can be very hostile. They can mock. They can protest. I mean, we've all heard it. These people can be so-called skeptics. They can be very um, visceral and fierce in their defenses. But the door remains closed for them when there is actually an open door. This show has gone by so fast, the live program today. Um, I am going to just thank the live audience for being here because I'm keeping it at 30 minutes today. Um, And I won't go too far beyond. Once again, a big thank you to Blog Talk Radio. Um, I see it's been number one in live spirituality and on their homepage. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And those of you listening, Maybe on iHeartRadio, you may be on Spotify, you may be other places which I'll be where I'll be placing this show soon. Um, so thank you to all of you who are coming here. I know you're coming now. I know it because I know what's coming into being. So welcome to those of you in the future who are coming here to listen to this gentle wisdom that flows from my heart. I hope all of you will look for the flow and be courageous to seize the day, so to speak. That's what happened for me. I had to courageously step up and believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and what you can Assist with. You're not going to be doing anything all alone. What is your part? What can you bring to the table? Follow your passions. Realize that nothing is set for humanity or even this planet. Nothing is set in stone because we don't live in a strictly material world. There is more to this world than that, which opens up the door to infinite possibilities for you and for all of us and for this world. This reaches beyond us. There are other species in this universe, in what is really a multiverse. Um, lately, I actually don't mind using the word universe, even though we know, even you know, those studying um or theorizing within materialistic science, they have theorized about multiple universes. Um, So there is a multiverse. But the word uni is beautiful in the sense that there are all these wonderful co-creations, all these beautiful, beautiful expressions of the omnipresent divine. So many, we can't even conceive of the size. Just look at the stars that are visible, and that's just a glimpse. We know because the omnipresent divine, because spirituality is real, there are species out there across space, across time, who are with us right now omnipresently because they are aware. 
they are spiritually aware and they allowed themselves to grow in that productive direction. Maybe they had their own um, rather dangerous, industrialized, and technological time. Maybe for many, many um, decades or even centuries, they they um, facilitated both. They became spiritual and they worked within the technological. But eventually, you really don't need that. And um, because spiritual, I mean, you can choose to live however you want, um, but the strictly spiritual can provide everything. In fact, it can protect your planet as well. But if you listen to my recent show, Nothing is Random, even what happens to planet Earth, we so often assume it's random, just like today, this so-called close call that I had this morning, although how close, it's difficult to say, but it was close enough that it made me say, wow, I didn't realize a car could come up right here. I was walking kind of an unusual um, route I take sometimes, but not often. And there are other parts where I'm very mindful, and I realize I've got to be mindful right there, just like I'm mindful over here. I mean, I try to always walk mindfully, but, you know, I was alerted to an area, and this bicyclist, no doubt, was alerted to the same thing because we were both potentially impacted at the same time and we were safe and maybe it wasn't all that close, but it was close enough for me to be aware. I am connected to the spiritual, but I'm still in a material context. We chose to be here in this way to explore and to grow as souls. There is a reason. It's part of creation. Look at how beautiful this creation is. Even... I mean, there's some parts that aren't so beautiful, the darker aspects, but we have to trust that they are there to help us learn, to help us grow, to help us bring out light and love in every situation, and to know that is what we seek, to know that the light is more powerful than the darkness, and to align with the light, to align with unconditional love. We are drawn to that. But we all ask the questions. You know, it's because of free choice in this world. There are many things that we can question, and it's natural to question the darkness, of course. But it is not more powerful than the light. And the omnipresent divine is everywhere, drawing everyone towards what it is, pure love, pure light, even when we are in a space where it isn't totally visible. We created this space to learn and to grow. That's a theory, but I believe it makes sense for me. There are some things, yes, we believe in, there are some things we can point to where there's evidence. We have seen evidence, many of us, of healings we can't explain. We cannot explain it in a material way. I have seen this. I have lived this. I have witnessed this more than once. Our beliefs may put a context around those healings, but the healing itself where there's evidence, and a lot of times 
It needs to be demonstrated life by life, although if we were studying it more, we could demonstrate it in broader ways, and some have. Some have worked on that. We can have a belief that helps us to explain what we are observing in reality. But far too often, we are being told not to explore actual reality at all and to confine ourselves to a very limited materialistic box. And they take that word materialism and they call it science when that's not what it is. Science is the study of reality, not the study of materialism. It's that simple. So, thank you, those of you who have been listening to the podcast now since we're beyond the live show. Um, If you are listening close to the time of this episode, which I know many of you are not, but there will be other episodes coming even for you then that you can explore Maybe you're going backwards in the archive and you've just come to this one. However you've discovered this show, you are with me across space and across time. Energetically, I know there are those of you in multiple parts of the world. I so, I'm so thankful for you. This week coming up ahead is a time for gratitude, and I'm thankful for this audience, but I'm not just thankful. I'm thankful for the audience in the past. Um, I'm thankful for the audience in the present, and I'm thankful for the audience in the future, whenever or wherever you may be. I am here energetically with you. And in this time, I do expect to do a show next week not sure if it'll be exactly at its normal time. Last week, many of you may have noticed that I did the show on Sunday instead of Saturday. Um, And um, we'll see how things unfold next week. But um, in fact, now I'm losing track. Was it two weeks ago? I mean, these shows just flow together so much. But occasionally I might do the show on a Sunday instead of a Saturday if I need to. But I always do as much as I can within my own, um, if, if there's some reason I skip a week, then, then that's a time to catch up on the archive. But I expect to be here at some time on Saturday next week. So um, I need to update the site a bit. It's gotten a little behind. FrontierBeyondFear.com can learn about the show. And now more than ever, I'm called to upgrade it um, some more. In fact, there's some other ideas I have as well for um, um, enhancing this show. Um, I'm still keeping it right now, um, just a a flow of reflections that I have, because especially given what I have coming up now, I have some real work ahead, but it'll be really joyous, wonderful work. Um, I won't be taking guests. Um, because that's so time-consuming to do properly. Um, But it's difficult to see what's in the future, and I expect I'll be doing some interviews 
coming up. That that's pretty much inevitable now. So you'll, and I'll probably put those up on the site as well so people can find them. So anyway, thank you again. And I hope you find the trickles or wherever you are in your flow. Look for it. It may be just a little stream. You help to create it. But remember, you are not separate from the omnipresent divine. And there are going to be times in your life where something is coming into being and you are participating in it, which goes beyond um, what you may expect, where you truly are in service to a greater group of people where you truly are in service to the omnipresent divine in assisting in the, you know, that word best is tricky because we always think we don't live up to our best. You know, again, Don Miguel Ruiz has a lot to say. You're bringing forward from your heart that which you feel led to bring, that which comes from you naturally. It may require work but it will also flow very naturally from your particular talents. That's what I hope for you. That's how we can work together in this world. That's how we can also celebrate each unique person. We are not lost in the ocean. We are not just drops in the sea. We're like snowflakes, each and every one unique. And honestly, I'm pretty certain if you were to look at a drop, each drop is unique too. (laughs) And some have studied the science of that. And um, you can see crystalline structures within drops. But I love to think of snowflakes because we've heard of this, many of us, since we were children, um, that they are each unique. You are special. Don't let anybody tell you anything otherwise. You are special. You are an expression of creation. You have things that you are called in your life to do. Many may seem very simple, and you're still called to do those things. Some of you may be called to something greater. Listen. Listen. Look for the flow. Help to create it. And have the courage to be in alignment with what you truly can be and what you can give. So, thanks again. Take care, everyone. See you next time.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.